When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Has anyone else noticed their iPhone being relatively charged or, you know, majority, the majority of its battery charged? You go to bed, you don't charge it because it's at like 92 or whatever. Or in my case, it was at like 100 when I went to bed. And then I wake up and my damn thing's at 17%. I don't know how that happened. I don't know why that happened. But I don't think my battery should be depleted 80% or so in eight hours. That's just... When I'm not even using it because I'm sleeping. Oh, that was so infuriating. What if, like, I missed my alarm or whatever? I, I don't know. I'm ex- I was expecting to, like, wake up to my phone being at maybe, like, 87%. I could see it idly going down 10% over eight hours. I could see that. But, oh, my God, 80%? Oh, that's so infuriating. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. This is episode number 99 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and thank you so much for joining me on a gloomy, rainy, wet, freezing cold day here in New England, specifically around the Rhode Island area. I hope you had a fantastic weekend, and hopefully your week is off to a great start already. We have so much, so much to talk about. But I do want to go over a couple shop announcements really quickly before we dive into today's sports topics. And those topics are obviously Patriots versus Jets. The Red Sox losing in six games to the Houston Astros. I want to take a look at the potential free agents for the Red Sox in terms of who they could bring back, who they could let go. Also, I want to look at MLB free agents and see where I could think the Red Sox could make a move. Then we're going to hit the hardwood and we're going to talk Celtics basketball where Ime Udoka got his first NBA win as an NBA coach with the Celtics. So his first win there, awesome to see that as they beat the Houston Rockets last night in Houston. Luckily, a Boston team was able to beat Houston in some capacity, right? Imagine if like that series was still going on. So like game seven would have been Saturday. And then this basketball game would have been yesterday being Sunday. Interesting times. Bruins beat the San Jose Sharks, who started off 4-0. They were able to beat them 4-3, so we're going to obviously talk about that as well. 
And somewhere in the middle, I kind of forgot to mention it, we're going to break down week seven scores across the NFL. Probably do that after we talk about the New England Patriots beating, dismantling the Titans of New York, a.k.a. the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, how's that going for you guys? Zach Wilson, what a bum. Anyways, a couple shop announcements. I do want to remind you that 5% of every purchase here in the shop, whether it's $1, $100, if you want to spend $1,000, I mean, by, by all means, go ahead. But 5% of every purchase goes to Breast Cancer Awareness this month from October 1st to October 31st. I am very excited. We only have about a week left. Yes, because a week from today would be November 1st. So if you want to make any donation, you absolutely can. But while you're buying stuff, just know 5% of the total purchase goes to Breast Cancer Awareness. So much has been donated so far. I greatly appreciate everybody who has bought something regardless of the amount. The first transaction, the first purchase in October was us hitting our goal because one donation is super important and meaningful regardless of the amount. So once that first charge was made on October 1st, Everything since then has been just, you know, sugar on top, right? Whipped cream, cherry, some sprinkles, all drizzled right on top there. So I'm super happy. I don't know what we're at right now, but it's definitely a relatively decent number. I mean, 5% is 5%, but if you add 5% up after this, 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 and that, it can it can get pretty good. It can get pretty uh pretty high. So thank you everyone who's donated so far with purchasing anything at Merce Cartown Sports Shop. Greatly appreciated and the Breast Cancer Awareness Foundation also appreciates that. Number two, if you buy anything of twenty five dollars or more, and if you come into the shop, you know this, you get three free raffle tickets to my monthly raffle. This month I'm giving away a mystery graded card of a 9.0 or higher. I'm not going to tell you who, not going to tell you the sport, not going to tell you what year it is or anything like that. It is a mystery graded card of a 9.0 or higher. All you got to do is buy anything. It could be one thing, it could be a couple things that add up to $25 and you get three free raffle tickets. Now, additional tickets can be purchased, but if you're already in the shop buying stuff, might as well get the three free raffle tickets, am I right? So that is the second thing going on. And then the third thing is I am doing Patriots squares for the upcoming Patriots game. If you spend $75 or more or intervals of $75, you will get Patriots squares for the upcoming game. It may not necessarily be for the game against the Los Angeles Chargers. That's this coming week. The first game where the grid is completely filled out will be for when that game is used. So, Spend uh, $225 in the shop. You will get three free squares. If you spend $300, you'll get four squares. If you only spend $175, you get the one free square. Additional squares can be purchased as well, but if you're already in the shop buying stuff, might as well get the free squares, might as well get the free raffle tickets, and might as well donate to Breast Cancer Awareness. So those are the few things going on here, the shop this week and also last week and I guess all month. Because of breast cancer awareness, yeah. But the Patriot Squares is relatively new. So come on down to the shop, say hello, make some trades, buy some stuff, and obviously get your tickets, get your squares, and support breast cancer awareness. Today marks the 99th episode. 
I'm almost done, guys. I'm almost done. I'll, I'll get to the Patriots in a second. Today marks the 99th episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. And on Friday will be the 100th episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am super excited. I am beyond emphatic. I cannot wait. Now, the 100th episode will not uh, will not be you know out during the afternoon when I you know usually record in the mornings so then I release it for the afternoon like I'm doing with this episode and every other episode. I will be doing a live stream on YouTube with Kim around 8 8:15ish depending on when the shop closes, you know, make sure customers are are gone, make sure everything's all tidied up, right? So Friday on YouTube, I will be releasing a live stream where Kim and I are just going to shoot the shit, talk about sports stuff, do this, do that, and it's just going to be a hell of a time. We're going to try to talk about sports and all that, but we could honestly just talk about freaking anything, honestly. We're going to come up with some questions to ask each other, and it's going to be a great time. Honestly, it's just going to be an episode where we can just sit back, relax, and just reflect on 100, 100 episodes of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Absolutely iconic milestone. I am so excited to even just say that because I remember back in January making the first ever episode, or I guess I should say episode zero and then episode one. If you guys go back to honestly, you can pause this or at the end of this episode, go back and listen to my first podcast episode. It is so cringeworthy. I listened to the first 10 seconds and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Maybe on the 100th episode live stream, maybe I will. Maybe Kim and I will listen to like, I don't know, like two minutes of it. It's just, I'm so quiet. I'm so mellow. And I have almost like no energy, guys. Like literally, I, I have no energy. Like right now, you can tell that I have energy. But yeah, in the first one, I was kind of talking like this, where the New England Patriots defeated the New York Jets 54 to 13. 54 to 13. Wow. Mac Jones throws for 307 yards and two touchdowns absolutely destroying the New York Jets. Like, that's how I was. That's how I was. And, like, listen, you know, my first time ever really being behind a mic took some time to get used to. And I think Kim was upstairs, you know, oftentimes when I was recording three times a week at that point, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. So I wasn't trying to be so loud where I'm being this obnoxious and she can hear me upstairs because I was recording in the basement at that time. I had my little studio in the basement. And then I go upstairs, and then yeah, I'm still comfortable behind the mic when I move upstairs, what, in like April, May? I forget when. I honestly forget when. But anyways, tune into the live stream. It's going to be 8, 8.15. I don't know yet. Probably 8.15, to be honest. Friday night, Eastern Time, Murph's Boston Sports Talk 100th episode live stream. I will take the audio version of that live stream and upload it to all audio platforms so you guys can listen to it. I'll probably be done on Saturday, if I'm being honest. Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, everywhere you can find me, I will take the audio version of the live stream and upload it to those audio-only platforms for you guys to listen and indulge to. But that is everything that I have to go over. I need some water. That is everything that I need to go over shop-wise, podcast-wise, 
We are 10 minutes into this recording, and I have yet to talk about a single sports topic. Let's dive into the Patriots, shall we? Now, when I was reenacting my mellow self from the first ever episode, I already mentioned that the Patriots dismantled the Jets 54-13, to scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter. Holy smokes. Pats only scored three points in the third quarter. Imagine if they scored more. Imagine if they were able to get another touchdown or something. Wow. That, that is just absolutely disgusting from this New York Jets team. Zach Wilson, I know, got knocked out with an injury. He was 6 of 10 for 51 yards in his short time while in there. Mike White, 20 for 32, 202 yards, touchdown, and an inter- uh, two interceptions. Excuse me. Yeah, this team did, uh, just didn't look all that good, to be honest. I just, ugh. Where do you even go from here if you're in New York Jets? I don't care. Mac Jones, 307 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions on 24 of 36 completion. If you give me two seconds, I will tell you that that is 67% completion percentage. Not too shabby. I'll definitely take it. Brian Hoyer even got some time in. He went 3 for 4 for 79 yards. And Kendrick Bourne, 1 for 1, 25 yards and a touchdown. Absolute slugfest by the New England Patriots. Damian Harris was playing against in two fantasy leagues. 14 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns. J.J. Taylor, 9 carries, 21 yards for two touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson was inactive in this game, which I don't know why. It is what it is. But Brandon Bolden, your leading receiver for six receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. All these years that he was a core special teamer, Bill Belichick is rewarding him, giving him offensive snaps. I mean, he had... Two carries for no yards, but I mean, he's being super utilized in the passing game like he is James White or like he is filling in James White's role. Listen, I've sat here last week and I said that the Patriots should bring in Todd Gurley because I don't think Brandon Bolden is sustainable enough to give you this production week in and week out. But hey, if he's going to have these kind of stat lines, six receptions for 79 yards, a touchdown and still be a core special teamer. Sure, why not? I would just like to bring Todd Gurley in just for depth to give you a different, you know, facet of the game, different angle, someone who can do a little bit of everything, but you're not going to have to ask him to do everything. I already talked all about that last week, so I'm not going to indulge into that anymore. But what is there really for me to talk about? The run game looked really good, which was a focal point. A focal point of mine was the defense to step up, and they did for the most part. I know that Jonathan Jones did not play this game, and he is now out for the season requiring shoulder, shoulder surgery. There's a little tongue twister right there. So that is something we have to worry about, where now we have J.C. Jackson, uh, uh, Joan Williams, Miles Bryant, Jalen Mills. I mean, Justin Bethel, is he going to play some cornerback? I mean, he's a core special teamer, but I mean... Core special teamers are starting to get actual meaningful offense and defensive snaps. So he might be a new slot corner for all we know. Defense moving forward, I'm a little worried about because the secondary has taken so many hits. And I'm still not sold on that front seven because Michael Carter was able to rush for 11 carries, 37 yards, which isn't all that great. Do not get me wrong. But it's just this Patriots run defense has looked a little leaky over the past few games. And I was really hoping that they could really shut down the Jets run defense. And they did for the most part. But don't forget, it's the Jets now. Now, should I be more concerned about the passing defense? Of course. 
because Michael Carter goes eight for 67, Ty Johnson six for 65, Corey Davis four for 47 and a touchdown, Jameson Crowder four for 34. So, like, yeah, there's definitely some concerns to be had in the secondary and in terms of the passing defense. But I was really hoping that the run defense would really step up. And, I mean, hey, 37 yards. Can't complain about that. I don't know what it is total. Let's do some quick math here, shall we? 25, 32, 62 uh, rushing yards on 17 carries. Hey, I'll definitely, don't get me wrong, I'll take it. But I just want to see it improve and stay consistent over the long haul, especially with our secondary also dinged up now. And at the beginning of the season, we all thought our secondary was going to be a strength where there's so much depth. And at one time, that was a strength where we had so much depth. Now it's basically vanished. I think this Patriots team moving forward has a really good shot to get back into this. I mean, they're not far out. Obviously, they were able to win a must-win game. If they do have any hopes of becoming a wildcard team, they play the Chargers this coming Sunday. I'll talk about talk more about that matchup on Friday's episode with Kim. But I honestly, the Panthers aren't as good as we thought they were. They have slipped off the tracks completely. So I think the Patriots could, I don't want to say easy win, but their chances of winning that game are a lot higher than they were four weeks ago. So they could win that. Baker Mayfield's a question mark for the Cleveland Browns moving forward. So that Week 10 matchup, that could be a sneaky win. So there's a couple wins coming at the books, coming up in the books that we could actually, you know, grab. Like, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I think this Chargers matchup is a crucial, crucial game because the Chargers are, what, the number uh, five, six in the AFC? I don't have it in front of me. But they're an, e- they're an easy playoff contender this year. With the way Justin Herbert's playing, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, like that whole crew is playing so well. And like the Raiders are just super hot right now. Are they going to fizzle out? We thought they were. We thought they were going to fizzle out. But hey, they have a couple of nice wins back to back. So we can't really write them off just yet. So this AFC, look at the Bengals, top of the conference. It's really anyone's division, uh, conference, excuse me. It's anyone's conference. Look at the Chiefs. Bottom of the barrel, the Broncos have fallen off the rails. So there is a lot of hope moving forward for the Patriots, but you got to win these games coming up. Let's just take a quick look, a quick peeksy. Quick, quick peeksy, right? Chargers game coming up next Sunday on Halloween. Then you got the Panthers, the Browns, the Falcons. Three of three out of those four could be wins. And now I said, I said on Friday. That you need to win the next four or five games. You know, Jets got the win there. Chargers could still be a loss, but hey, you could win. Panthers looks like that could turn into a win. The Browns, depending on Baker's situation, that could be a win. That offense is not playing as well. At least the passing offense isn't playing as nearly as well as we want, expected it to. And then the Falcons. That's a winnable game. Falcons look okay. I don't want to go too far ahead of myself, but for a what's their record? What's their record? Da, 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 da. For a three and three team, they're not looking too bad. They've won two in a row. They just had a bye week, so a lot of things are possible moving forward for the Patriots. And then obviously you got the Titans and you got the Bills, the Colts, Bills. So 
Let's worry about those games later in the season when we get there. Let's just keep our focus on the Chargers game and then maybe a couple moving forward. But honestly, that's really all I want to talk about for the Patriots because there's really not much for me to talk about. I mean, it was a 54-13 to blowout. Mac Jones played so good. Damian Harris, the running, uh, the running game looked really good. The passing game looked effective. I still want to see more from Nikhil Harry. Like, I'm done with these one receptions for 28-yard plays or one for nine-yard plays that he's had in the past. Like, I want to see a little bit more consistency from him. Defense moving forward is going to be a question mark. You know, can the run defense, you know, stay stiff, right? Can it stay stifling? Can it stay consistent in stopping the opposing running backs? And then moving forward, it's going to be the secondary. Like I already mentioned, it's going to be a huge question mark moving forward. How will Bill, uh, both Bill and Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, manipulate the secondary? J.C. Jackson, Adrian Phillips, Duggar, Miles Bryant, Jalen Mills, and everyone else. I'm not going to name you the whole secondary, but it'll be interesting to see. So let's take a quick trip, a quick trip around the NFL and break down some scores. So as we already know, the Browns defeated the Broncos 17-14 on Thursday Night Football. The Titans blew out the Chiefs 27-3. I did not see that coming. I sat here and said the Titans could win. I think I predicted the Titans to win. But not by freaking 24 points. Holy Chiefs. Cliff. Mahomes figured out. That's why you don't pay someone $45 million on your salary cap. Yeah, that's why you don't do that. Oh my god, like thirty-five. I, I mean, I want obviously I want players to make their money, but they, that that contract was just stupid and it's biting them in the ass right now because their defense blows. This is the Chiefs now. Defense blows. That offensive line is still a shamble and they have no running game. But hey, we have Patrick Mahomes, so we'll just throw the ball four hundred yards a game and win that way and win in blowouts. Well, you can't even score a damn touchdown, so you guys suck. Packers defeated the Washington football team 24-10. The Bengals decimated the Ravens 41-17 and arguably the game of the week, honestly. Winner of that game was going to be the number one in the AFC. Bengals take it by the neck and win that game. Bengals, I'm telling you, the Bengals are a good team this year. They're sneaky good. Second year for Burrow. You know, he's got his buddy Chase, who I love. Hey, man, the Bengals team is good. Giants defeated the Panthers 25-3. to I was wrong about that game. The Giants were actually able to pull it out in great fashion, winning by 22 points with basically no wide receivers except Dante Pettis. And I think I was out there as well. I think that was their wide receiver core, me and Dante Pettis. Falcons went on a last-second field goal, beating the Dolphins 30-28 to down in Miami. The Jets lose to the Patriots 54-13, which we already went over. The Raiders defeated the Eagles 33-22. to the game looked like it was a it was a more of a blowout, but I think the Eagles came back a little bit late. Not that I really care, but Rams beat the Lions twenty eight to nineteen. If they beat them by the spread, which I think was sixteen and a half, because I had everything else with the exception of tonight Monday Night Football's game between the Seahawks and the Saints, I would be in the position to win a lot of money, but they only win by nine. Oh, it's so depressing. Lions lose again, but they're all these games they're in. The Lions, yeah, they're 0 7, but they're in every single game. It's miraculous. I, it like it sucks, 
because they lost on two last-second field goals. I mean, they only lost this game by nine points to arguably the best team in football. It's tough to be a Lions fan right now. It really is. Uh, Buccaneers dismantled Justin Fields and the Bears 38-3. to Matt Nagy's got to go in Chicago. Something needs to happen because Justin Fields is getting no help, and he's looking like a JV you know, backup quarterback out there. Now, I know the Bears have gone up against some good teams. You know, the Packers, they beat the Raiders, the Bucks. It's just like it's a tough time right now. But you guys got to figure something out. I mean, it's not just because you guys lost today, but, I mean, you have a top-tier rookie quarterback, and you guys are getting absolutely dismissed. Like, if, even if you score, like, 20 points. Now, obviously, the Bucks defense is fairly good. Secondary is the secondary for them. But still, even if you lose 38-20, to 20, like, at least there's something to work off of. But you only got three points. Uh, something's got to change down or up in Chicago. Cardinals destroyed the Texans 31-5. to Yeah, safety and a field goal. All the Texans were able to get. Interesting. Cardinals still the only undefeated team, moving to 7-0 in the National Football League. Congratulations on to them. DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. Eh, it wasn't really a homecoming, but they were playing their former team, the Texans, for the first time. Since being acquired by the Cardinals, respectively. Colts defeated the 49ers 30-18. to I did predict the Colts to win that. But I don't think I would have been surprised if the 49ers won. I don't remember exactly. But that sounds very familiar. And then the Saints visit the Seahawks tonight for Sunday Night Football. They need to flex some of these games. Like, seriously. Like, I don't want to watch the Saints and the Seahawks. Seahawks blow because they don't have Russell Wilson. Like, if they had Russell Wilson, yes, this would be a great Monday Night Football game but without Russell Wilson like the game last week uh poor Big Ben and a terrible Steelers team versus this Russell Wilson less Seahawks I don't need that on prime time I don't but that is everything across the league for week seven let's dive into Red Sox but before I do Kim and I will be talking more about the Patriots and the Chargers, and obviously we will predict scores for the upcoming Week 8 slate on Friday's live stream. But yes, let's switch over to Red Sox, where they lose... Ah, gotta stay hydrated. Where they lose 5 to nothing to the Houston Astros in Game 6 of the American League Championship Series. Sadness. Absolute sadness. It's just so close. So close. But you're so far. Now, Astros scored their first run in the first inning on a fly ball. A tank job by Jordan Alvarez. I don't know how it stayed in the park. And Kike Hernandez had the ball in his glove. And then he dropped it. Or his glove and fell out. And they scored the first run that way. At the time, that was the difference maker. Then they score another run in the sixth, and it's 2 nothing. But in the eighth, when Kyle Tucker had that 3-0 home run, didn't matter at that point. But honestly, Red Sox just couldn't hit. They had two, 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 two hits all night. Two. Dos. Uno, dos hits. What is what is two in French? Duh? I, I don't know. Whatever. Duh. Yeah, Red Sox hitting. Duh. Two hits all night. You can't win... A wiffle ball game with two hits. You can't win a JV game with two hits. The bullpen actually kept them in this game. 
that one run by Evaldi in the first inning, that's all he gave up. Yeah, he gave up five hits. Yeah, the bases were loaded, what, in the third or fourth inning, I believe it was, with no outs, and he gets out of it. Now, I know Evaldi's a starter. He's not a bullpen man, but he gets out of it. Josh Taylor comes in, gives up a run. Tanner Houck gives up two runs, and Adovino gives up a third, but that was in the eighth inning after the three-run home run. So Houck gets hit for two. Adovino gets hit for one. But, like, it doesn't look good at the end of the day. You know, you gave up five runs. Evaldi had a really good start. Taylor, ugh. Yeah, I mean, and Tanner Houck did pitch two and a third. But those two innings were lights out that he was in before that eighth inning. It's tough. It's tough. But honestly, if you told me that the Astros were only going to score five runs in game six, I would have taken it. Because we expect this freaking offense to score more than two hits or get two hits. Oh, my God. It is quite, quite frustrating. It really is. Like this Red Sox roster. It doesn't need turnover. It doesn't need an overhaul, but it needs a lot of help. The bullpen needs to be completely flipped over. I'll tell you that. But we need a legitimate second baseman. Christian Royal, cool guy. Love his energy. Probably wasn't really supposed to be a starter, but we have no second baseman because Kike's in center field. I, I mean, I think I'm all set with Christian Royal, honestly. I mean, Renfro had two walks. He didn't have two walks. You. Two at bats, but I thought he I thought he got walked twice. I don't know. The thing it doesn't say he was walked at all. But I want to say he was walked. Let me check the Astros pitching. Yeah, the Astros pitching gave up two walks, and I thought they were both to Hunter Renfro. Oh no, it's to Martinez and Verdugo. Okay. Like Renfro, Dahlbeck, Plawecki, Santana, get Santana the hell out of here. I am all set with that. A lot ha- needs to happen. A lot needs to happen for this roster. I think the starting pitching will be okay moving forward. Chris Sale will come back. Evaldi will be back. Tanner Houck has a lot of promise as a starter. Erod, you know, obviously his contract's expiring. But overall, for this Boston Red Sox team, I sat here on Friday. I said, regardless of how this series transpires, you lose in six, you lose in seven, you win the series in seven, and you make it to the World Series. It does not matter how this series is going to end. You overachieved. And that's true. That's true. This team overachieved. They were Vegas 80.5 this year for win total. 80.5, 81.5, 80.5, something like that. And they win 92 games. They beat the Yankees in the one-game plan. They dis I don't want to say dismantled, but they destroyed and dethroned the Tampa Bay Rays as the top-seeded American League team. And then they go up in the series two games to one over the Astros. But the bats just disappeared. Now, did the Astros pitching just come back to life? But the Astros pitching wasn't that good going into this series. But hey, you get two great starts by, what, Valdez and Luis Garcia, who has, you know, he rocks the baby, he does the sprinkler, he does, you know, the Texas two-step, and he does all that during his windup. But he threw a no-hitter for, what, five innings, five-plus innings? This Red Sox lineup disappeared. Devers couldn't hit. Bogarts couldn't hit. Martinez couldn't hit. Schwarber, Kike Hernandez cooled off. Hunter Renfro was nowhere to be found this whole series. 
You need to hit the ball. You can't just expect to win games 10 to 8, 10 to 9. You can't. I told you, oh, let me look up. Let me look up um, a player. Um, shit, what's his name? Adam Frazier. Thank you. Uh, pff, thank you. Thank you to myself for looking him up. Adam Frazier. He got traded to the Padres. He was hitting like 326 or whatever. And I said, first little guy. He's exactly, he's, he's Kike Hernandez, but he can actually hit the ball. Kike Hernandez, absolutely engulfed in flames in the playoffs. Do not get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. He absolutely blew up this offseason. Uh, this postseason, I should say. But he disappeared immensely. And let's not forget, he hit 250 from your leadoff spot. 250 from your leadoff spot. And Adam Frazier at the time was the Pirates leadoff hitter, hitting 326 or whatever the hell it was. And he finished the season hitting 305. That's what you want at the top of your lineup is someone who doesn't rely on the power, someone who can get on base. If he's versatile, that's great. But, I mean, you need someone who can hit the ball for contact, and that is their strong suit. Everyone in this Red Sox lineup, Schwarber, power hitter. Devers, power hitter. Bogarts, probably more of a power hitter, but he also, I mean, him and Devers have good averages. Martinez, power hitter. Verdugo has a good average, I'd say. I mean, he's not more he's not a power hitter. He's more even more of an average guy. Hunter Renfro, power. I mean, there's all these power guys in your lineup. You need someone that can set the tone, a legitimate leadoff hitter and get on base. That is the primary focus. That in the bullpen. Get some pitching arms in that bullpen who are actually competent enough to be a good relief pitcher and get yourself a legitimate leadoff hitter. Because Kyle Schwarber's cool and all that, and he's fun. But he's not a leadoff hitter, and neither is Kike Hernandez. Like I said, I'd like Kike Hernandez down towards the bottom of my lineup, seven, eight, nine. Where if you get home runs from him, that's fantastic. If you get him on base, that's even better, and it gives the bottom of your lineup a little juice because right now we have Plawecki. I'm sorry, no. In game, in game six, we had Arroyo, Renfro, Plawecki. Those were our. That was our. 789. You throw Kike down there at 7, gives you a little leadoff hitter down there. And if he's hitting 250 down there, that's fine. Because you're going to get a little bit of pop who can drive in the hitters above him and can maybe set the tone for 8-9 and maybe 1. So that's going to transition me to the free agents for the Boston Red Sox. I got I to gotta stay hydrated, man. I'm like yelling my ass off right now. J.D. Martinez has a player option for 19 and some change million dollars. Will he accept? He's going to be 34. Well, he is 34. He's probably, I, don't know, I can't see him declining it and looking for more money on the open market. Did he have a good season? Uh, I don't want to do this for everybody, but I'll do it for J.D. Come on, load. Thank you. Does it give me statistics for this year? Oh, it doesn't. That is depressing. Oh, statistics right here. Come on. This year, he hit 286, 28 home runs, 99 RBIs. Oh, that sucks, 99. So, I mean, like, J.D. Martinez in, like, 2018 was, like, 330 of a hitter. So, he's even taking a step back. I mean, 28, 99, and 286, you'll take that any day of the week. Do not get me wrong. Yeah, 2018 right here. 43 home runs, 130 RBIs. 
330 average, excuse me. Like, that's what you want. That's what you want from him. I, I don't really see him declining and looking for more money, in all honesty. I really don't. I think, I mean, he could. He probably, I don't know if he'd get it, to be honest. He probably will. Some team will overspend for a one-year deal on him. Kyle Schwarber, I'd like him to come back, but I don't want him to be the everyday first baseman. I think Dahlbeck needs another chance. Full year under his belt. You have Tristan Cassis coming up. Maybe have Cassis play third. Devers play first. If Martinez doesn't come back, then you got to have Schwarber as the DH. I mean, Schwarber is a left-handed bat, which is nice. So it's going to be very tricky. It's going to be very tricky to maneuver that. But you need to bring at least J.D. Martinez or Schwarber back. But I, I think a lot of people want Schwarber. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. Garrett Richards, goodbye. Adam Adovino. If it's a cheap deal, if it's a cheap deal, I'm I'm cool with it. Eduardo Rodriguez, that's going to be a tough one. He was in his last year of his arbitration deal. Didn't necessarily perform well. So I can see him coming back on a one-year deal that's kind of like a prove-it year. Martin Perez, see you later. Vasquez, I would like him to come back. I know you still have Plawecki for another year, I believe. But I would like to see Vasquez and Connor Wong being the catchers moving forward, personally. So we'll see what they do there. Matt Andresi, probably see you later. Hansel Robles, I wouldn't mind coming back. I actually really, he grew on me. He had his ups and downs with the Sox. But I think he has a lot of potential to be a a, a really good piece in that bullpen. If, Han, if Hansel Robles is one of your worst arms in the bullpen, I can live with that. Daniel uh, Danny Santana, see you later. Travis Shaw, ugh. Maybe like a minor league contract just to keep the lefty bat in-house, you know. Just, I mean, I don't know with Travis Shaw. It's tough. Austin Bryce, eh. Peacock, eh. Jose Iglesias, I would like to see back. He's going to be 32. I'd like to see him back. He was an excellent spark plug for us down the stretch. I mean, if he plays second base for us, um, I'm trying to think. If he plays second base for us to start the season before Jeter Downs comes up, I would be okay with that instead of him and get Christian Arroyo out of here. I think I'd be okay with that. So those are the Red Sox free agents right now. Really a couple names to look for. Martinez, Schwarber, Erod, Vasquez, I'd probably say, are the big names to really look for because kind of the heart and soul. I don't want to say the heart and soul, but, you know, some cornerstone pieces. Everyone loves Martinez. Everyone grew to love Schwarber. Eduardo Rodriguez has been here for six years. And Christian Vasquez, you know, homegrown catcher. I think he's the longest tenured player on the team. I think so. 2009, I think we drafted him. So that's going to transition me over to MLB free agents. Just going to rattle off a few names. Not going to go over everyone. How many players are there? A ton. A gazillion names. I'm not going to go over every single one of them. Because that would be a waste of your time. It would be a waste of my time. I'll go over, like, the top, I don't know, 15. Maybe. I'll just kind of run through it, really. Zach Greinke, no. These are players who I, I want the Red Sox to maybe indulge with, right? Trevor Bauer, he's a player option. So I, I, I'm sure he's going to come back on that big contract. With everything going on, I'm sure he, would, he wouldn't mind to keep that money. Justin Verlander, big surgery. What was it? What do you have? Shoulder surgery, I think it was. If you can get him in here cheap, that wouldn't be bad. He's 38 going on 39. That wouldn't be bad. Get him in here cheap. Clayton Kershaw, 
I, I don't see him going anywhere other than L.A., to be honest. Max Scherzer. I don't know. That Max Scherzer would be nice. I would really like Max Scherzer. I don't want the Red Sox to overextend for him, though, and I don't see them overextending because his market value is $35.5 million right now. But if you sign him for a one-year deal and just kind of ride the wave with Max Scherzer, that would be freaking nuts, I think. That would be really nuts. J.D. Martinez, who we already went over. Johnny Cueto. He has a club option for $22 million. Him and Posey have club options. I'm all set on both of them, to be honest. Chris Bryant would be an interesting piece. Um, 29 is going on 30. He could absolutely help this team out, and whether it's left field, center, right field, first, third. Where would he play, though? I guess. I mean, Kike's going to be in center. What do you do with Hunter Renfro? Verdugo's going to be in left or right. You bring Chris Bryant, maybe, to play first base. First base in outfield. If you wanted to, that'd give you a nice little bat in the middle of the lineup as well. Uh, let's see. Matt Carpenter, I'm all set on. Mark Stroman, all set. Kevin Gosman had a really good year for the Giants, but I think I'll pass on him. Charlie Blackman, interesting one. He's a player option for 20, $21 million. He could either decline that, because he's 35 years old. He could decline that and try to go for a ring. Or he could accept it because I don't think he'll find that kind of money on the open market. Lefty, lefty would actually really help the Red Sox. You know, I think he's still very good defensively. And he can still hit the ball a little bit. No, no, would I rather have Charlie Blackman or Hunter Renfro? I like what Blackman can do better than I like what Renfro can do because, you know, he's lefty, throws left. I mean, not that that matters. More of a contact guy. I mean, if I'm getting the 330 Charlie Blackman hitter, I'll take him over Renfro, but that's a 35. That's going to be tough to guarantee. Freddie Freeman's on here as well. Marcus Semien's on here as well. Uh, ooh, nah, Freeman's not going anywhere. Let's see. Anyone really? Kenley Jansen's on here. That's really it. Craig Kimbrell's on here. That's funny. But yeah, Trevor Story. There we go. This is a big name. Trevor Story, Corey Seager. They're on here. I'm just this is honestly ordered by 2021 salary. So obviously there's like some good names down here that I haven't talked about yet. Javi Baez is on here. Corey Kluber is on here. So Noah Syndergaard's even on here. Noah Syndergaard didn't even make 10 million last year. Wow. So what are the Red Sox going to do? What do I want the Red Sox to do? Well, I wouldn't mind them going after. Carlos Correa is on here as well. I forgot to – I just saw that. Okay, so in a perfect world, right? In a perfect world, I want them to bring in someone that can actually hit the ball and hit the ball for average. Adam Frazier, Charlie Blackman from like five years ago kind of hit the ball for average, right? That's who they need at the top of the lineup. I don't care where it comes, whether it's a second baseman, an outfielder. I don't care. I don't care where it comes from. They need to – Upgrade this bullpen. They need to fix this bullpen, revamp it, do anything and everything they can to fix this bullpen. It lost you so many games, and you literally could not win. That game could have been 5-5 five to five entering the ninth inning, and I do not feel confident that the Red Sox were going to win that uh, game six against the Astros. Go get bullpen help. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, I'll talk about the Red Sox moving forward as postseason and obviously the World Series ends and, you know, contracts get re-signed and this and that. I'll talk more about it then. Obviously, with the Red Sox season ending on Saturday, 
I'm not going to be talking about it as much. I'm sorry, on Friday. I'm not going to be talking about it as much because the Bruins and Celtics, their season just started. But as things come up, I will be talking about the Red Sox, of course. So it's tough to gauge right now where I want the Red Sox to be moving forward with the exception of revamp the freaking bullpen and then also get a legitimate leadoff hitter. Everything else, it can play itself out as it comes around. But that's all I'm going to talk about for baseball. That's all I'm going to talk about. That's all I'm going to talk about for baseball because we have other stuff to get into. Celtics beat the Houston Rockets in Houston. <laughs> they beat him 107-97. Ime Udoka got his first NBA win as a coach with the Celtics last night. So congratulations. Little round of applause to him. Tatum dropped 31 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists in 37 minutes. Al Horford, double-double, 17 and 10 in 30 minutes. Rob Williams, 2 points in 28 minutes. Smart, 8, 6, and 5 in 36. Schroeder had 18 points. That was nice to see. Grant Williams, 18 points as well. That is a shocker and a half. No Jalen Brown this game. Did you need him? Would have been nice to have him because the Rockets did make a little comeback in the fourth quarter. But, yeah. It is what it is. I mean, Celtics were still able to get the win. It's all that matters is just beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You know, early on, it's tough. You got to wait for those 20 games, I, I like to say. But right now, Celtics need to grab as many wins as they can because the Bucks are still good. The Nets are still good. I, 76ers are good, but they have a lot of question marks. The Knicks, can they play like they did last year? That's going to be a question mark. Are the Heat a legitimate threat this year in the East? Wait and see. And then Celtics. I mean, they're probably like, you know, the fifth, sixth best team in the East. Got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. The Rockets, the Wizards, the Timberwolves, the Magic. Teams like that, right? Teams that suck. You got to beat them. So good to see the Celtics win. Um, I really like what I'm seeing from this team where, yeah, Tatum got 31 points, but he also got 17 from Horford. 18 from Schroeder, 18 from Grant Williams. I mean, 8 from Marcus Smart, 7 from Josh Richardson. So it's good to see that the ball is getting you know distributed. Smart had 5 assists. Schroeder had 5 assists. Yeah, I would like to see the assist numbers a little higher. But hey, a win's a win. I'll take it. Let's see who the Celtics playing moving forward. They play the Hornets today, right? Today, yes, they play the Hornets today in Charlotte. Then they play the Wizards on Wednesday. They play a home-and-home home with the Wizards, so they'll play them again on Saturday. So, honestly, just win those three games because you got the Bulls on Monday the 1st, and then it's just I'm not going to too far. I'm not going to go into any further because that's too far. Yeah, Hornets, Wizards, Wizards. Win those three games, and you'll be looking pretty good right now. You'll be looking pretty good if you tell me. Right now, Celtics are in the 14th place. <laughs> I got the hiccups. Oh, my God, I got the hiccups. <laughs> All right, granted, there's like seven, one and two teams. But they just threw the Celtics at 14. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I'm sorry. I thought that was really funny. Check out West. I eh, don't really care. So that's going to do it. There's really not much to talk about in the South. There's not a lot of headlines. Ime Udoka got his first win. No Brown. Tatum dropped 31. They beat the Rockets. It's early in the season. What do you, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I'm sorry. Let's talk about the Bruins. All right, let's talk about the Bruins. I'm sure a lot of people would want me to talk about the Bruins. Bruins defeated the San Jose Sharks 4-3, to improving their record to 3-1. and 
San Jose Sharks move to four and one. Bergeron, uh, Two assists resulting in two points with five shots on goal. Forbort got one goal and assist for two points as well. Marchand gets a goal. Pasternak gets a goal. Jake DeBrusque gets a goal. Hey, offense is getting passed around nicely. I am not complaining there. Linus Ulmark, 26 shot attempts, 23 saves, allowing three goals. He was barraged in that fourth period. Uh, fourth period, I think it's fo- uh, basketball still or football. In that third period, there we go. He was absolutely barraged with shots in that four. There I go again in that third period. My God. I mean, let's see. The Aiden Hill got pulled after giving up four goals, and they put in someone else. What, James Reimer? And he goes 20 for 20. So after they made the the adjustment in the in the second period, San Jose like really played well. And like I said, the Sharks made their push, scoring two big goals in that third period early. And then it was all Sharks, it seemed like. The Bruins were backskating on the defense this entire, the majority of the third period, but they were still able to hold off. Olmark made some fantastic saves, so it was really nice to see him. You know, obviously getting his first Bruins win, but get it. Was it the first Bruins win? What did he, no, did he start against the, the Sabres? I thought he started against the Sabres. Did he start against the Sabres? Oh, he did start against the Sabres. Okay, so scratch that. His second Bruins win. Excuse me. But this time, it was his first home Bruins win. So, yeah. Let's see. Let's. I mean, it's like I said, same thing with the Celtics. It's early in the season. Uh, not. It's hard to kind of gauge what things are going on here. Let me look at the standings. How about that? Right now, they are fourth in the standings. They have six points. Panthers still leading the way with 10 points. Panthers are a good team this year. Panthers are 5-0. and Are they the team to beat this year? The Red Wings, they're 6-2-1. I mean, they got seven points. The Red Wings, are they back? Are the Red, Win- Red Wings back? I don't know. I don't know. They were. Well, they make the playoffs for like 24 straight seasons, 22 straight seasons is what it is. And then a couple years ago, they missed the playoffs. Let me see. 2016-17. Oh, they sucked then. 2015-16. Were they good? Atlantic, yeah. Okay, so they made the playoffs in 2015-16. Then the first time, like forever, they missed it in 2016-17. And then they've just sucked ever since then. Right? Yep. So, are the Red Wings back? Maybe. Who knows? Sabres are 3-1-1. Their only loss or regulation loss is to the Bruins. They have seven points. Maple Leafs. Five points. Lightning, five points. Senators, five points. Uh, I almost said Expos. Montreal Canadiens, two points. These are teams that we expected to be good, at least the Maple Leafs, Lightning, and Canadiens. I don't know about the Senators, to be honest. It's like the standings event kind of like flipped over from what we expected. Like We expected the Panthers to be a middle-of-the-road bubble team, right? We expected the Bruins to be in it, the Lightning to be in it, the Canadiens to just about be in it. The Lightning on that, bu- on that fringe, too, a bubble team as well. But it's almost like the standings kind of flipped. I know it's early, guys. I know it's early. But come on. it's it's. I'm reaching for hockey topics right now. I'm reaching for hockey topics. So it's just something to keep an eye on moving forward this year. All right? See if the Panthers can actually hold it. See if the Red Wings can actually hold and see if the Sabres actually hold. Because honestly, I don't think the Sabres can. I don't think the Red Wings can. And I think the Panthers will eventually fall off a little bit. I think they have a lot of great young pieces. I just don't know if they're there yet. 
don't know if they're there yet, but I can. I think they'll make the playoffs. I, I don't want to say 100%, but I'm going to go 95% they'll make the playoffs. Not because they're 5-0, and but for all the other reasons I gave you. Moving forward, for the Bruins, I almost said Patriots. I almost did that again. You know how sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, Bruins skating around, you know, Marshan doing this and all that. Yeah, the Patriots looked good. Bro, what? Bro, what? <laughs> almost did it, but I didn't that time. The Bruins playing the Panthers I just talked about. Wednesday, October 27th at 7 p.m. in Florida. Then they play Carolina Hurricanes, and then they come home to play the Panthers and then the Red Wings, uh, that's later down the line, beat the Panthers. Because right now, they're the team to beat. They're the hottest team on the planet. Beat the Panthers. You know, you got the upcoming three games. You got one on the 27th, the 28th, and then the 30th. So you got three games in four nights, not including today, not including tomorrow. Win, three, uh, win two of them. You know, if you get points in all of them, that's good because hockey – cares about points you need to get points you got to get two points for every one you got to get a point for an overtime or shootout loss if you can get three points from the panthers any way shape or form and beat the hurricanes i think you'll be golden for that little stretch right there and then obviously you got the red wings maple leaf senators or too much down the line but that seems to be it for today's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk we talked about a lot we talked about all four teams again which i really do and love doing i really do Love doing. Yeah. Red Sox topics are really going to hit a cliff, obviously, with the season now over. We talked about them throughout the month of October because they were in the playoffs and they were doing well. But with their season officially over, it will be Patriots, Bruins, and Celtics for the foreseeable future with Red Sox topics coming up here and there as those headlines arise. But yes, that is going to wrap it up. Episode number 100 will be a live stream on YouTube with the audio version updated on Saturday or uploaded on Saturday. Please join me, Kim and I, live stream. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastic. Yes, we're going to talk about Patriots and football and all that for the most part because she doesn't really follow basketball or hockey all too much. We're going to talk about other stuff that's not sports related, talk about the shop and all this and all that. It's going to be a great fun time. I cannot wait. I cannot wait at all. It's been a long journey. I started this podcast in the middle of January, and here we are 10, 10 plus months later, and we're at 100. I used to do Murph's Boston Sports Talk three times a week. Now it's down to two, and it still is a delightful experience, a delightful ride. I, I love doing this. All right, guys? I, I love doing this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. I know that there's listeners out there. I know that this isn't the most popular podcast, but trust me, if you do what you love because you love it, then that's all that matters. That's all that matters. But folks, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, all over the world, thank you so much for joining me in episode number 99 of Marissa Boston Sports Talk. I really had fun doing this episode because we were able to talk about all four teams. I want to keep doing that, and hopefully there will be tons of episodes moving forward throughout the offseason where I still can, despite the Red Sox kind of going in the cave for a little bit. But like I said, when headlines come up, I will be sure to talk about them. But ladies, gentlemen, I got, I got, I gotta wrap this up, right? I gotta wrap this up. I, I keep dragging you guys. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please make sure you like the video if you enjoyed today's episode. Comment any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns down in the comment section below. And while you're down there, please hit that giant red subscribe button if you do want to support the channel, the shop, and everything that we do here over at Murph's Car Town Sports Shop here on Murph's Boston Sports Talk. See what I did there? 
hit that giant red subscribe button. That's the best way to show support for the channel, the shop, and of course, your favorite podcast. If you're listening on audio-only platforms, please make sure you reach out to me via social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Murph's Cardtown. Give me all your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, anything you want to talk about, debate, discuss, or even argue, as I would love to do it over social media with you there. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying episode number 99 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I will catch you in the next one for a live stream with Kim for episode number 100. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, 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 I should do it 99 times, right? Maybe for the 100th episode, I'll do always 100 times. But I will always see you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.